Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery is a new age beverage company revolutionising the way we look at having a night out with friends. They make sophisticated, non-alcoholic beverages that are sugar-free and full of social graces. Now you can enjoy a good time, love what you drink and love yourself the next day too. Stay high in spirits, keep a clear mind. Cheers to Monday. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the studio, I'm joined once again with my lovely husband, Ash Grunewald. How are you, Ash? Very good. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks. Yeah, an amazing week. We had... An amazing webinar on Sunday, which was really cool. I loved that. And I'm loving the webinars because they're getting more and more kind of streamlined and I feel like we're able to deliver more each time we do one and it's been amazing. And, of course, amazing thanks to COVID that you're not constantly away on tour so that you've been able to join in as well, which is really cool. It's been awesome. Mm. What an adventure and what a great thing to um, share with people and share their stories and it's just so cool and I think we're really lucky, good on you for getting this thing started and I just, you know, it's so cool. All the things that are coming in and people are really getting helped a lot by it but it's just, it's kind of fun to um, share in people's stories and, you know. And getting to know cool. the people yeah. within the webinars and it's been really, really nice. And it's all good vibes too. I mean, it's, and it's, I guess it's lucky for us because, you know, we're helping people who are binge drinkers and I think everybody's got some sadness in their story, but it's mm. not, it's, uh, it's, it's good vibes. Yeah, it's really cool. And I'm, I'm loving just being able to get in there and just talk strategies with people. So that's mainly mm. what it's about. Mm. But one thing I found that really came out of this one was talking about attaching meaning to your sobriety and what it means to you to be sober, like what that looks like for you. It looks differently for all different people. So what might have great meaning to me in sobriety might be different, 
have a different meaning to you. Mm. So I know for me, like one of the, one of my meanings was about being a better parent Mm. and also having more like integrity. And so that was really cool just to delve deeper into that in the webinar with the people that had joined Mm. and really discovering really why, Mm. not just I want to quit because I want to get a bit of control, but why? What's mm. what's the meaning behind that? What does that mean to you? How does that look to you? Mm. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, like say for me, I'm like a very aspirational person and I had a million reasons to quit that uh, to do with negatives, like not wanting to be a drunk idiot and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But um, to me, I tapped into the aspirational side because mm. that really appeals to me. Mm. And then... Um, you know, some people in the in the webinar were like that and really like that way of just attacking it and being positive. And yeah. I think that's a really good thing in our approach too, that yeah. you have that option. It's not like you're hiding from the negatives, but it can just be um, a lot more enjoyable sometimes to follow a why that is attached to mm. a goal of uh, self-improvement. I mean, to me, that's the fun bit. Um, so it's different for different people, mm. but it's good to have those different options. And I feel like, yeah, that has been a good bit of our, in our approach, um, especially that thing where further down the line, you know, when you somebody's been in there for a while, mm. you, you know, once they're in there for six months, how we mm. wrote that in the um, playbook that, mm. you know, you start thinking, getting to a point where it's not all just about alcohol, it's about those next goals that you're making for your life. And it's kind of exciting. It's mm. good to have fun with it. Yeah, and not take yourself too seriously within it. Yeah. Like not be so bogged down with, oh, no, I've got to quit. You know, just like keeping it light, keeping it fresh and fun. Mm, because a lot a lot of that can drag you down a little bit. Like not to say that you don't face um, the truth of what alcohol has taken from you, but there's another part of it that you're not there now. We're about planning forward. your future, mm. moving forward to a brighter future. So um, any amount of... Uh, wallowing or you know staying back there too long you know is is maybe not the mm. vibe you know mm. and i know that that's what people have been saying they've really appreciated in our approach mm. that it's sort of it's a it's a thing that brightens you know yeah. so yeah. that's cool i think part of of the journey is keeping that light heart mm. and and of course things will pop up which will be challenging there'll be triggers and things like that but even when there's a trigger to keep the light heart to mm. keep the joy mm. and almost like a childlike curiosity to things mm. like, oh, I'm going to go into this party and I wonder what that's going to be like or I mm. wonder how I'm going to deal with this. Just keeping it, yeah, like curious, like go in at things, looking at it from a different angle. Mm. Um, Wayne Dyer, of course, I'm going to quote Wayne, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm. So just having a different shift in perspective on things. Mm, 100%. Because Mm. that's all you have is your perspective. That's the way you, that your experience of the world is mediated through your eyes, your senses and your interpretations of everything. So you really are changing your world when you do change your perspective. And I think that's such a good thing about the context. Mm. And I, I remember still saying that my little favorite phrase, which is, you know, when you sort of, Commit to quitting, mm. decide as a technique that it's easy. Yeah. And that's another way of saying that. So even if you are triggered or it is it is hard, say, oh, yeah, it was a little bit difficult, but, you know, 
It's easy. Well, just, and treating it as yeah, a bit of a challenge, a bit of fun. Yeah. I'm being, I like the word challenge for that yeah. exact reason. You know, like it can be a challenge in a fun way. Yeah, more like uh, I like it like to use a challenge instead of a problem. Yeah, that's a good way of seeing it. You know. Yeah. It's a little. It's a. It's a mountain to climb. And what happens when you climb a mountain? You get fitter, and then you mm. get a wonderful view when you've climbed the mountain. You see something that you've never seen before. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in the early times when the thought of alcohol arises a lot, so it'll it'll come up at say on a Friday or a Thursday or a Sunday afternoon, you know, those thoughts start popping, oh, I might have a drink. Mm. Not to get too bogged down in that as well. Just keep Mm. that light. Oh, there's Mm. that thought. Ha, ha, ha. You Mm. know, Mm. that's just a thought and Mm. the thought's going to pass and go on and do something else. Keep yourself occupied in something, in another thought. Yeah, just because you're you're thinking, you're remembering drinking and, oh, I, this is my first Friday night and I used to always drink on Friday night. Mm. Don't allow that to, just that memory of that and I usually like a drink right now to to be the cause of any suffering. Yeah. Just like, oh, yeah, that's a habit I'm I'm having to break now. And like you say, that curiosity, I think that's really good. And the other thing you can use is a little break state kind of thing, like you're mm. in the state of feeling like a drink. Mm. That's your reminder to remember your why. Yeah. To remember every time you feel like a drink, rem- you know, go back to your why quicker. Yeah. Why Why are you quitting? Yeah, remember why you're doing it, what it means to you. Another thing that we talked about in the webinar as well was when you're triggered, rem- that is the time to do something that involves the meaning. So, for example, mm. that didn't make much sense how no, I said that. I, I, I was hearing you. Yeah, so an example is someone I was talking to recently. One of the main reasons she wanted to quit was because of her daughter. She wanted to set a better example for her daughter and wanted to be a more present mum. But she was two weeks into her sobriety and felt triggered on the Friday night and you know, kind of went to bed feeling annoyed and felt like she'd been missing out and... I think the next day went to the bottle shop and got alcohol and started drinking again. And her daughter, of course, was really disappointed. But talking to her after the fact, that would have been a great time to bring in the meaning. So in doing something related to the meaning. So on the Friday night when she was feeling a bit triggered, maybe then take her daughter out to the movies or go for a walk with her daughter, do something really nice and special with her daughter so that she wakes up in the morning feeling not just connected to her daughter, but feels like she, you know, set a good example for her daughter and they had that beautiful time together and that would have made her feel like she was being a better mum. And I think that just reinforces that meaning. Yeah. the what I, I love that. That's such a great way of looking at it. Mm. So use your why mm. as a as the cure to the problem or, or however you want to put it. But put it into action. You're putting the yeah. why into And the other part of that is it, it comes up a lot is like using your why to squeeze alcohol out so mm. there's no room for it. Mm. You, you, like we've said a few times, you know, you can't just take a plant out of the garden, you know, and expect you need to plant something in its place or you'll get weeds. Mm. And it's the same thing. Like say a really great example is um we had we had another fella say that he was feeling a bit triggered and thinking about drinking when he normally drank and we were thinking ah oh, what he should do he wanted to get fit so every time he thinks of that maybe just if he's at home just do a couple of push-ups mm. and then 
just that two seconds, and that's going to tie into what I'm going to talk about afterwards, um, tiny habits. Breaking state. You're having these thoughts. You're thinking about alcohol. Bang, before you know it, you're doing some push-ups. That's part of the solution. You wanted to have, you know, be more fit and have a better body. You're working on it straight away. So you're getting reminded, ah, this is one of the reasons I'm not drinking. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it just takes you straight away from that. And I know... Mm. Another reason why, you know, we know that this works is that this is stuff that we did. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the, that's the yeah, good thing about that stuff. Yeah, that's why I like sharing this kind of stuff because it's actually practical and it worked for us. So it's just using positive action and taking positive steps rather than just sitting around and feeling sorry for yourself or feeling like you're missing out. Lean into your why, get into that and put that into action. Yeah, mm. so like you were saying, if you're wanting to quit to – you know, have be more healthy or have a better body. Go do a, a nighttime yoga class or go, you know, find a friend that's sober and go for a big walk or a run or, you know, there's things that you can do of nighttime to keep you occupied. And, yeah, it just reinforces everything in a positive way. Yeah, and then ex- you start to feel better anyway. You start totally. to feel amazing. The, the exercise is almost like, geez, it's hard to go wrong when you're quitting out alcohol with exercise because it does so many different things. Mm. It changes the person that you look like on the outside. So Mm. you look in the mirror and you can see that you've improved. Mm. It keeps you busy. Yeah. So it's giving you something to focus on. And you fall into bed. Mm. If you fall into bed tired every night, just happy to be in bed because you're so stuffed. Mm. And then you you wake up in the morning, you do it all again. It's perfect. Mm. And the other thing is it makes you a bit more of a daytime person. And just tired at night. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you're drinking and if you're partying a lot, you're a nighttime person more so. Yeah. The old exercise does a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So you were telling me about a book that you're reading called Tiny Habits. Uh, I am loving the Tiny Habits. It's mm. so good. Who's uh, the author? BJ Fogg, if I'm not mistaken. But he's not foggy of mind, that's for sure. And um, yeah, I'm just getting into it now because I I saw he was doing the rounds. He's on a um he's on a fair few different podcasts. He is just awesome, and I am happy to say, for the people who've heard us talking or got the playbook, the cool thing about this is that we were already putting a little bit of this into practice mm. because this is a lot of this stuff has worked for us before, but we didn't have a master like the old BJ. Fogg, who he's an expert on habit. So, you know, I was just talking about push-ups before and he was saying even the push-ups is a great example. He built a tiny habit around push-ups. He's older these days, but, you know, he used to be able to do 50 push-ups in a row when he was in college. He hadn't done that for a long time. So he said, every time I go for a pee, when I'm at home, whenever I go for a pee, I'm going to do two push-ups afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) And it sounds like... That's just ridiculous. That'd be a lot of push-ups for me. <laughs> wow. It's just so good mm. because then he was saying the natural tendency is to say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to do four, then six, then, but you don't build it. The reason you don't build it is because you can always do more if you want to, but if you just do two, it's easy to do. You can't justify not doing it, mm. but once you do it, you've had a success. You've done two. Ah, oh, stuff it. I'll just do another four. But that's bonus. So you feel really great about yourself. And mm. that's what your brain needs is that dopamine hit that the phone gives, that a drink used to give, that a chocolate gives, you know, all 
all of those things. Mm. It's a lot of things that uh, will give you that little hit, that little thrill. Mm. Um, and it's a way of just sort of hacking your own behavior to give you successes, little successes every day. Mm. So he's all about, um, and I was really surprised, you know, we always quote, everybody does, you know, it takes three weeks to build a habit and all that. He said the scientific research isn't really there for that kind of thing. Mm. Actually, you can build a habit on the spot. Um, So I'm really fascinated checking that out. And I guess what I've learned from that is rather than being so hardcore and and everybody knows what it's like to say, right, I'm going to do 100 push-ups, then I'm going to run on a hot day with a huge heavy tracksuit sweating, then I'm going to do this. Mm. And everybody's got the Rocky theme in the back of their mind once a year. Mm. Um, but he's the opposite to that. He's like, okay, build these little, these small little habits into your routine that are very sustainable. You sort of really easy to do every day. And then you build on that and you, you keep fiddling with it. So you find the things that naturally fit into your life. Mm. And that uh, that is a way of building good habits. So I'll keep you updated on that. Which is what we were, yeah, which is, as you said, that's what we got in the playbook, which is we call it our musts. Yeah. So things that you must do each day. So it's just making these t- small little changes and little habits that you must do and tick off. Oh, I'm so, Maybe he stole our vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad because the playbook's already out and I'm only just seeing this now and seeing that the main man on habits <laughs> agrees with us because I'm pretty sure in our preamble we did say don't make it too yeah. big. Yeah. Um, and that was the whole thinking behind that, like keep it small enough that you can't excuse yourself for not doing it. It can be a must because if you have an hour of meditation and then this, that and the other thing, mm. you might call it a must and you know, you have to be so hardcore to keep it going. So I think the idea is the opposite of that. You know, incorporate the things that you can and keep them really small and then they'll be really enjoyable. Yeah, because when you do something and it's like with the musts, when you tick it off and you've done it each day, you feel, you know, you can tell yourself well done and you give yourself a little congratulations Mm. for doing that and for honouring that agreement that you had Mm. with yourself. But it makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah, and you feel like, oh, I've accomplished that. But when you, I tend to make things too hard. You yes. know, I know at the start when we were first making our list of musts when we first started and I had all these, I was doing 10 squats, 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups, 10 times a day. So it was like 100 of each and I did it. <laughs> I think I got to like eight reps or each, eight sets of those things and I couldn't move the next day. I was so mm-hmm. sore because <laughs> I was pretty out of shape. And then it got less and less and less until finally I just, abandoned ship so then I had to okay and I had to thought Ash did tell me that <laughs> so I had to revisit that and make it just two I think it was two sets or, or even one set mm. of each of those so um that really helps mm. absolutely amongst other things but yeah keeping but, just busy mm. but it, it that that idea recognizes that sometimes you'll feel sick yeah sometimes you know it could be if you're a female, it could be a time of the month that you don't want to go as hardcore. He's that big boy. <laughs> See how tactfully that was put? <laughs> or, or, you know, you're really, really busy. So you make it so easy that through those plateauing times, it, it's still nothing to just get through those little habits. And then you can always do the bonus stuff. So, And I think that's a good metaphor for this journey is like being kind to yourself Mm. whilst being a little bit ambitious with it. It's sort of you're playing a game with yourself in a way. 
You're trying to make it as fun as you can and keep it light, Mm. but you're actually making big changes in your life forever. Yeah, absolutely. Again, just keeping it fun and doable. And then it's just, it's not too hard. Like it's honestly, it can be such an enjoyable journey, such an enjoyable process, as Mm. I always say. You know, and we talked about this in the webinar as well, and I've probably spoken about it a bit before in the podcast, but just changing your self-identity. So just... Oh, the biggest one that is, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it is the biggest one of deciding. Like it's not a maybe anymore. Like when you actually decide and you go, right, I'm done. This is it. I've had enough. It's not like, well, maybe I'll quit. Yeah. And because maybe is so wishy-washy, or maybe I will, maybe I won't, maybe I'll just have a couple tonight, whatever. No, no. That's so stressful, maybe I'll have a couple tonight. Yeah. And then I let myself down. And then you're going to go through all that again. Once once you've decided and a decision is a decision that you make, you take action. And the good thing is you only make it once. Yeah. Once you've decided, then start thinking about your action plan. We recommend 12 months off drinking, but don't always just think about it as the whole 12 months. Think Mm. about little mini goals. Mm. So I guess that kind of ties back into the book you were reading, Mm. but okay, first let's get through the first week. I know in the 12 steps program, it's day by day. So Mm. even if that's the case, like even every day, just saying well done, but getting to a week and then once you've got to the week, go, okay, now I'm going to get to a month. And once Mm. I've got to a month, yes, congratulate yourself and Mm. say well done. And then, okay, I'm going to get to the three-month mark and then keep going in increments like that. That's Mm. what I did, Um, Mm. even though I knew it was 12 months. And Mm. and then, of course, beyond. Now I don't think about it anymore. But it And it gets less and less. So the... the, What gets less and less? Oh, sorry, the thought and the thought of needing to set those mini goals. Well, now I I don't set any goals because I'm done. I don't drink anymore. You don't set goals with... No, with drinking, no. But other goals take over. And totally. drinking's the least of your... Yeah, now I've got other goals that I set mini goals for. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I was like, wow, you don't set mini goals? Yes. Um, yeah, that's really good. And just giving yourself those, I just think um, this is something you don't hear a lot of, the way we're putting it, because I think it's about being kind to yourself. Mm. But being kind to yourself isn't having no goals. Being kind to yourself isn't... Just having a drink if you if you feel like it. Being mm. kind to yourself is it involves just a little bit of discipline, but yeah. discipline done in a happy way, not in a big oh I'm sacrificing something, but just having the joy to realize that you're onto something. You've got to have a bit time of, to quit. Absolutely, you have. To, I think you've hit the nail on the head too. Like sometimes it is a little hard at the start, mm. but you've made the decision. Mm. So, as I said, Roll it's not a it. maybe. Like, you've made the decision, so just keep on plowing through. Mm. And it gets easier and easier. And you think about alcohol less and less and less mm. as the time goes on. I can promise you that. I mm. can promise everybody that, without a doubt. It does get easier. Mm. Um, I guess it depends, too, on your level of where, where you are and how much you've been drinking. Of course. But I think the things that we've discussed in all of the podcasts – in our ones, um, I think they still they'll, they'll probably work at all levels, unless you're in need of something heavier. Of unless course. you're a daily drinker in your, uh, you know, and, and you're you needing, got the DTs and yeah, and you're needing like some intervention or or maybe therapy if if that's or, the, or rehab or something like that. Mm, but I still think these kind of things still would augment augment in there. Well, I guess when that person's feeling a little bit yeah, I guess once they'd gone through that that process, yeah. You know, what is needed for this journey is um, 
is a bit of dedication and optimism. And um, the fuel of optimism, in my view, is gratitude. Yeah. I know we've spoken on the podcast and, and we did put that in the playbook. Gratitude. But I think we've both been thinking about gratitude a little differently lately too with some of the reading that you've been mm. going through. Yeah. And I was thinking about almost like there's three pillars of gratitude. So you've got the gratitude, the things that you're grateful for each day. And, you know, it's generally what I start my gratitude list off with each day is, you know, I'm grateful for whatever is around me or my health and my waking up today and my kids, you, whatever. But then there's being grateful for the challenges in life, the shit stuff, mm. the stuff that mm. really like, if someone's pissed you off, like being grateful for that person because mm. what are they showing me or what am I learning from this or how am I going to better myself and expand? That's how you grow. You don't just grow from being grateful for the stuff that's already there and is easy peasy. Mm. But being grateful for what is hard mm. and what is challenging. And I think that's where the the real growth comes from. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I do think that it's almost like you've got gateway gratitudes, which are... <laughs> which are the ones, the fun in the sun ones and the really obvious ones. And they're really good because you realize, oh my God, I've been taking so much for granted. Yeah. And that's good. But like you say, I think the heavy lifting, yeah, the really powerful stuff, it's like those gateway gratitudes are like the lightweights, but then mm. <laughs> for, mm. for your gratitude muscles. <laughs> mm. But um, but when you uh, when you start to... If you can be grateful for something that's that's actually quite heavy and a negative, you you, you actually it's not your first preference, mm-hmm. and you can find a way to be grateful for that and find the good in that situation. What it does is it allows you to flip things, mm. and I think that's really important. And then you get to you know that thing they call allowing, really. Yeah, totally. And you stop resisting life and you start finding solutions, I think, for those negative things through, you know, just taking a good look. And But if it's, it can start with a bit of gratitude for that negative challenge that you got. Absolutely. Um, yeah, totally. Absolutely. And, and then the third pillar of gratitude is just being grateful for no reason. Mm, that's radical. Mm. Just being grateful. So, culti- ever tried that, people? <laughs> you ungrateful? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I have. I've been trying. It's been great. So, just in general, just being like, just taking a moment and just smiling in the, inwardly, and just being grateful, just because. And mm. it's so awesome, and it just gives you this feeling of well-being. Mm. And then you're sort of just grateful for everything and who needs to get smashed when you're just feeling so amazingly grateful for Mm. everything? You know, that is a lofty goal but Mm. a worthy one because Mm. if you're in that state, you know, Mm. isn't that, 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 I don't know, to my, um, to my, um, in my own mind, it's like, wow, is, is that, um, is that enlightenment? It, It seems like that if you could sit there and be, grateful at all times it's like being joy it, i don't know it, great is gratitude the same as joy i think it probably is it gives you know? a sense of joy it cultivates sense of joy yeah i mean isn't that why we that's why we were chasing pleasures in the first place mm. is for that that feeling so go straight to the source yeah i think that's cool you know i often talk about the disconnect that we've that we're all experiencing from our 
pure joy and our, here I go, our pure essence. I know you don't. We're going to the woo. <laughs> he loves the woo. <laughs> it's like just your soul energy. It's it's who you are, but without all your um, stories, without your labels, without your dress size, without your partner, without your kids. It's just you. And I feel that we're so we're very disconnected from that. Having this sense of this sense of gratitude, like for everything, I think that's a that is a surefire way to get back into your true essence and and to reconnect. When you're reconnected like that, you don't need alcohol. There's mm. there's no need for it. Mm. Mm. I like it. A <laughs> little bit of woo to end end off the podcast. There, who said we're ending? Just getting started. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I like that. I mean, and, you know, you're touching on something there and, you know, people listening in here, some people will be going, yes, more woo. Some people will say, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> but everybody's got their different kind of spirituality um, or in some cases non-spirituality. But I guess that's something that we found in looking at this and in writing the playbook and different things. It is a massive advantage in this in this time, especially once you get a few months into quitting alcohol. If you've been a pretty regular drinker, you find this other thing start to come online a little mm. bit, I think. And it is the more spiritual side of things. And the more you go with that, and if you're not naturally a spiritual person or you're frightened by that, um, just see it as a technique, something that will help you with your journey. And it doesn't matter what, there's no prescription on that, but Mm. in terms of what you get into, but getting into the more spiritual side, whatever that is for you, Mm. can be really helpful on a sobriety journey, I think. Absolutely. I think spirituality and, and just keeping on learning like, and learning, yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. It just keeps the mind alive and keeps you busy and gives you something to focus on. Yeah, I think the learning is like the rut buster. Oh, for sure. Because, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people who are quitting alcohol, they're, they're th- it's often, especially if it's in midlife, it's often because they feel in some kind of a rut. I think a rut is when you're not learning, you're not mm. developing, you're stagnant and you're just you've really stagnated and you can you can pick up new things that get you know if you're learning something new it's really hard to be in a rut when you're learning something oh, new yeah totally but that's also like when you stop expanding and growing absolutely that's what gets you in the rut which is also becoming disconnected mm. with yourself so back to my my point <laughs> <laughs> we could almost have a domestic here yeah let's this is, this is a uh, a podcast domestic it's <laughs> Learning versus learning versus spirituality, is it? Well, I think it's sort of. I is. don't think so. I think the two go hand in hand, really. Mm. But also with your mate, with your mate, like with your partner, the or person your, you're mating with, and your mates, which hopefully you're not mating them. <laughs> but if they're not helping you expand, if they're not in line with with you on your journey, I think that's why you have people in your life are there to help you expand. You can't stay the same as you were. Like we've been together for 20 years. Thank God we're not the same people we were 20 years ago. Mm. But you can't be the same as you were 20 years ago. You have to grow together and expand. And that also goes for your friends Mm. and people you're around. That's how things get stale and stagnant when you are staying the same and not learning and growing together. Mm. I was reading something the other day from Michael, um, Michael Beckwith. 
talking mm-hmm. about being around people that are thinking higher thoughts, that are thinking on a higher level. Mm. And I so agree with that. It's not about, you know, dissing people or getting rid of people, but being around people who are in, who are really inspirational, who really mm. inspire you mm. and having friends that want you to do better for yourself and want mm. you to grow and expand. And that mm. also goes for your relationship as well. Mm. Not saying get rid of your partner by any means, but it certainly helps to be in a, in a marriage or a relationship where you're both wanting the other one to expand and grow. Mm. And being so- each other's cheer, sorry, being each other's cheerleader as opposed to someone that's sitting there criticizing. Mm. Not a um, critic. Not a critic, that's it. Um, yeah, like uh, especially, yeah, with friends, you know, like when people, um, when people quit alcohol, um, often the big worry is, oh, yeah, but what about my friends? And, you know, it's... It, it's nice to give people comfort. Oh, you can still go hang out the same way and everything. But actually, if everybody's getting slaughtered on a Saturday night and that's what you always do, and it probably will get a little boring. Mm. That's the simple fact. After a while, you'll probably work out that it is a little boring. You might gravitate towards people who are doing something that's in the morning, not staying up till three, doing that thing. Mm. And um, at first that might, can seem scary too. And that is it? scary. You're like, you can't see. I guess this is the other thing, you know, like I did a podcast the other day from Soulful Conversations with Ben from Boo Seeker. And he was in his band with his buddies for, uh, they'd been doing it for nine years. And the boys were like, okay, you know, we've done this thing um, that was in Benjaloo, great band, but, you know, now it's time. Some of the boys were becoming teachers and stuff. It's now time to get off the road. We haven't made it like we said we would. Mm. So I think it's time. And he hung on, hung on, hung on to that thing. Oh, do we have to, do we have to? And then anyway, that, that finally ended. He did a different project, Boo Seeker, and he was like sleeping on the front seat of his Corolla at some gigs and really struggling and then before he knew it you know like now they've had 90 million downloads of their songs and they're massive he blew up he couldn't see beyond the end of that band Mm. but what what was beyond there you if you told him that if you saw it in a crystal ball Mm. he wouldn't believe it and I think it's the same and you know he had to let that thing die for the new life you know the the butterfly yes. kind of caterpillar kind of thing. And, mm. you know, for people who are quitting alcohol, that's a classic because mm. you have been in this sort of stagnant energy a lot of the time and maybe it is with the same set of friends and it's really unthinkable to you right now to think, oh, it might be actually a year from now I might be hanging with different friends or, mm. you know, I might be doing something more alone or something and you that's your worst fear. Mm. But actually... You have to have a little bit of trust because you can't see mm. what's on the other side. When you start to put more into life, put more positive in, start working on these different things in your life, whether they be hobby, career, spiritual, whatever. On the other side of that is some real magic that, um, you know, is some really good stuff. Mm. But you can't see it right now. You have to let that other thing die off first before you can have that rebirth. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Oh yes, absolutely. Because I we had no idea what was around the corner and it was no. super scary for us when we first mm. quit because it was like it was so our identity. We didn't know? see ourselves as non-drinkers. No, but once mm. we did and then we embraced that and then went for it and things take a while to unfold for sure. Mm. 
never say never because you never know what's going to happen or what's around the corner. Like the other day I recorded a song, which mm. you um, engineered, Whiskey Creek, which is a song I wrote years ago. And um, it's about the sort of highs and lows of life and not getting stuck in and, and sort of drowning in your own misery. And anyway, I never thought after my band, Mr. Cassidy, broke up, I didn't think what, I'd ever do music again or let alone record any songs. And then it just came about, you know, to record this song, Whiskey Creek. Mm. Um, which, which is, is- Awesome people, <laughs> check it out. An amazing engineer, but it's actually it'll be out on iTunes and Spotify. I think by the time this, it's definitely out on iTunes already. It'll be up on Spotify. But anyway, I never thought that would happen again. And mm. so, you know, just to get into that that space in that creative space and to sit in a recording studio and record was just so fun and mm. something you know, and no seriousness attached to it either. Just like super fun. It's funny how we pulled really good sounds and you guys were playing super well and you were singing really well. and Yeah, it was, it was fun. And it, it was all easy where, you know, some other times you're in the studio, it can be difficult and just oh, totally. this isn't working, that's not working, but that was just easy. But again, like you just don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what's going on. Like I said before, I had never would have thought in a million years I'd be doing a podcast about quitting alcohol, <laughs> but... This is it and here we are. So there's so much to look forward to if you give yourself the space and the um, the time, mm. you know, and, mm. and to sit with yourself and get to know yourself again, mm. tap into who you are and your sorry ash, your true essence. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you just don't know who you're going to become or, or what's around the corner. So the message is have a little faith, people. Now you're getting woo. Now I'm getting woo. No, have a little faith. Yeah, have a little faith in the unknown. Welcome the unknown because there's good things. Oh, my God. It's so good. I just want to share that message so much (laughs) that life is not going to end. You're going to make friends. Your friends will come along for the journey once they see how much you're smashing it. You're going to have a lot more time on your hands. And I tell you what. A whole lot of different things come and go, but time is the one thing that you can never get back. No, yeah, totally. And yeah. and time is probably the thing that uh, that alcohol takes away the most. Mm. And so, actually, you're going to get a whole lot of life back. Oh, you get so much life back. You get so much everything back. It's so amazing. And the passion that comes in, the passion for life and everything like that, it's just... There is no comparison, mm. you know, again, I just, I love it so much. I'm so grateful for sobriety and what it's brought me and I, yeah, I'm still marvel at it. I just, mm. in a way, I wish I'd done it sooner. Mm. Oh, I, <laughs> but, no, I definitely wish I had done it sooner. And and it can be an easy and fun process. You just have to have some good strategies in place. So, you know, again, setting goals not too not too lofty like you can have the big lofty goal but set little mini goals within that that are easy and easy to achieve think about why and what it means to you to to quit and also thinking about I know I don't like to, don't want to be too negative but how it would look for you to not quit yes oh yeah that was the other thing like what yeah. how you know what if just what if what if mm. you did something that you'd regret in a major way or like Lauren who was on the podcast last week, how mm. her life just completely unraveled mm. and went to shit and now she's having to rebuild and mm. she had her kids taken off her and just it was horrific and went from drinking fine wines to drinking metho, which she mm. – and once her kids were removed from her, 
she said that she remembers being in, in meetings with people talking about losing their kids and she was thinking, my God, well, that, that will never happen to me. And mm. that's exactly what happens. So not, mm. not you know, not to be a, De- a Debbie Downer, but mm. just think about it for a moment even. Just what's the worst case scenario here? What What is what could happen mm. if you were to keep going versus what's going to happen if you give it up and let life change, let yourself expand and grow. Don't be scared about what's around the corner because what is around the corner is incredible and it's the real you and it's the person that you're probably destined to be mm. but alcohol's been clouding that from you mm. yeah there's there's that good metaphor like if you have a train track and you point it a little to the left two degrees to the left and then you step forward you know 10 kilometers that is way off course where it would be so like if you just mm. if you step you know your life's headed in Slightly in a, if you think it's slightly in a downwards direction or not a good direction, Mm. if you extrapolate that forward, it could end up in living under a bridge, hope it's not, or Mm. drinking metho, hope it's not, but it could and it can. And that's what that um, podcast with Lauren is all about. Mm. And then the inverse of that is true. It's surprising if you just, if you just move that track a little bit the other way. And you extrapolate that out a decade, geez, mm. the sky's the limit actually, you know, mm. it's, and it's a completely different tra- trajectory. So, you know, all you have to do is just tilt. It doesn't have to be this massive thing just like uh, with tiny habits. Tilt that track in in the right direction and, you know, step forward. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think that's about all from us, but yeah, it's great. Life is so great. (laughs) (laughs) Over and out, people. See you next time.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.